You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Welcome on in, guys. What's going on? Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Are you ready? Because today we're going to get it, get it, get it. And and throw them hips, girl. Bump, 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 bump. I feel like we haven't done that in a minute. Hi, guys. Welcome on in and happy Halloween. Or, or shall I say, happy Farrowine, because we can't have Halloween without celebrating Farrah's birthday. And it looks like she had a fun birthday. It didn't look like Kyle and Mauricio had the whole, like, carnival that they've had for her in the past. But listen, happy Farrowine to everybody out there. Hopefully you had some fun. Maybe you're nursing a hangover. Maybe you're you're doing something fun tonight. It's always, like, annoying when they put Halloween or... Not when they put Halloween, because it's not like somebody's assigning Halloween a day of the week. But it's always annoying when Halloween falls on, like, a Monday or a Tuesday. Just because it's like, there isn't a ton to do. You're like, what, are you going to go party on a Monday night? Well, I did have a little fun yesterday on Sunday. I was, you know, I, I was having a Scream marathon. I was watching all the Scream films, um, which was thoroughly enjoyable. Love the Scream series. It's not like scary. I don't like like scary movies. Like the gory movies are the ones with the bodies where they're like, and they're like all twisted up and like, no. I saw one on Friday. It was a really bad scary movie. It was with Amanda Seyfried and... Um, I don't know who the other actors were, but anyway, she was in it and there was like one and there was like a kid and the kid was like upside down all crooked. And I was like, nope, we are not doing that. Not today, Satan, not today. Not going to happen. No, thank you. But I can do Scream. Scream's fun. Scream's, you know, it's campy. It's a little funny. It's, it's good times. So yeah, I had a Scream marathon, but then I also had a little too much wine. Um, Yeah, I, I killed like two bottles by myself yesterday and I'm proud of that fact because I am not a quitter, people. I'm a survivor, and I will survive all the way through the hangovers. I was surprised I wasn't hungover today. I must be clear. I didn't drink two bottles of wine in a single sitting. It was throughout the course of the day, which don't even judge me because you know you've been there, okay? You know you've been there because you think you're, when you're out doing bottomless mimosas, what? You think you're not killing a bottle of wine? One bottle of wine is four glass, or one bottle is four glasses of wine. Thank you very much. So over the course of the entire day, because, you know, we have to start getting fucked up at 8 a.m., JK, JK. Uh, I didn't start until, like, later on. But, like, you know, when you're watching the Scream Marathon, you have to have your popcorn. You have to have your wine. And then I finished my bottle of wine. And then I was like, oh, my God, I need to order another one. So when dinner came, I ordered a second bottle of wine. Um, And then before the end of the night, it was all gone. And I should probably, you know, go to an AA meeting after that. JK, we're all allowed a little day. But anyway, I didn't wake up hungover. Okay, because clearly my body can handle it. Okay, but hopefully you guys had a fun Halloween. Um, some of you have posted your photos. They were great. Lots of Bravo Labs and celebs have been posting their photos. Also great. Loved Kim Kardashian's mystique. 
costume that was very sexy and it was very good it's very realistic it was very similar to like the actual mystique from x-men so i was here for it yes i was lots to break down today lots of like little little bits of tea right um but i did want to give you guys an update on book club we will be wrapping up uh, this week we'll be wrapping Revenge by Tom Bauer, which is the Meghan Markle expose. We have finally made it to the, to the end of the book. So I believe the final seven chapters we will be recapping on Tuesday. And then we will be kicking off Matthew Perry's book next week, Friends, Lovers, and the Terrible Thing. And the big terrible thing. Friends, lovers, and the big terrible thing. It's on sale this Tuesday, November 1st. So you can get it on Tuesday. You can purchase it. You can order it on Amazon, whatever. I did add it to the Amazon storefront. So you can order the book and then we'll break down the first batch of chapters. I don't know how many chapters are in the book total yet, but we'll probably break down like the first five chapters of the book and we'll recap it this upcoming Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. We'll wrap up Tom Bauer's Revenge this week. Next week, we'll kick off Matthew Perry's book. I want to hear all about the Friends days, especially after watching Courtney Cox and Scream. Listen, I love me some Courtney. Gail Weathers, an icon, a legend. She is the moment. I want to be a Gail Weathers. I am the Gail Weathers of podcasting, okay? I am Gail motherfucking Weathers without the bad bangs, but it's okay. We're mixing it up with the hair, right? We got the, the roots grown out. We got a short little cut going on. We're just living our best life because, you know, just wanted to mix things up for the fall. All right. What tea should we kick off with first? Um, Vicki Gumbelson is back. She didn't get an orange, but she got like a little tangerine. And it looks like she's going to be joining the new season of Real Housewives of Orange County. She was spotted on the cast trip to Mexico. We know it's at the end of the season. Maybe she pulled like a Kathy Hilton where she's like, I'm just going to swoop in right at the end, do a little tequila promotion and have a meltdown to really make sure I stir things up. I would love a Vicky meltdown in Mexico. But anyway, she was photographed with Tamara and with Shannon. They were kind of out walking the streets. I didn't see Taylor in the photos. Um, Gina was there as well. I didn't see Emily. We have not seen Heather Dubrow out doing like any filming with any of the women. The only ones, the only time we saw Heather Dubrow this season outside of BravoCon was when there were those stage paparazzi pictures of her and Terry hanging out and making out and just doing the damn thing. And mm, I love me some fancy pants, but my goodness. We haven't seen a whole lot of her, so I'm very curious to see what she's going to bring this season. I actually like when we don't. I wish we wouldn't have gotten to see Vicky on the cast trip because it would have been so much more fun if we got her in the trailer and, like, that was the big reveal that, like, Vicky's back. Vicky's back. I don't know what song I'm singing. And your boyfriend. And my boyfriend's back. Isn't that a song? That's a song, like an oldies song. I don't know. My grandma probably listened to it. Whatever. But yeah, Vicky's back. She's coming back. I don't know if anyone, a lot of people are excited because we saw the Trace Amigas and they're in Mexico together. And it's like, hello, what more fun could that be? The Trace Amigas together in Mexico? Yes, loving it. But a lot of people are like, oh, why do we have to bring Vicky back? But I did think that it was interesting that at the first BravoCon, the last BravoCon, actually, because there have only been two, but the last BravoCon, Vicky was like, I'm not coming back ever if I don't get a full-time spot. I need an orange or nothing. Well, I guess it's or nothing because she came back without an orange. Maybe they gave her like a slice, a wedge, you know, a piece of a cutie. 
uncertain what they offered her or why she decided to come back. I mean, once, you know, Tamara decided to give up on two teas and a teapot and come over back to Real Housewives of Orange County, then she was not going to miss up on an opportunity to come back to OC. But let me know if you guys are excited to see the OG of the OC back in full effect. Let's, speaking of two teas and a teapot, let's talk about it. Because Kyle Richards was just on two teas in a pod. That's what it's actually called. But Vicky, even though she doesn't like Teddy, likes to call it that two teas in a teapot. Isn't she doing, Vicky, I think, is doing a podcast with Kelly Dodd. That should be interesting. I know Vicky had like two podcasts already. One was like whoop it up with Vicky. And then another one was like something else. And they keep flopping. I'm like, Vicky, like some people just need to stay out of the podcast game. Okay. Just like stick to selling insurance. I'm never going to sell insurance. I would never want to sell insurance. Vicky can sell insurance. Stay, you know, in your lane, Vicky. You go do insurance. You live life. And I'll stick to podcasting. Teddy Mellencamp and and Tamara Judge are actually pretty good on their podcast. Tamara was out, but Kyle ended up, I guess, I don't know if she was guest hosting or what she was doing exactly, but she came in because Teddy's like, I had to text her at like four in the morning and be like, Kyle, can you come and do the podcast? Because Tamara called out to doing the podcast. And I was like, okay. Tamara was probably hungover because she's in Mexico right now. So she's probably hungover which I wouldn't be surprised about. But I like that they actually like let her still do the podcast while she's filming the show. Anyway, Kyle came on, and Kyle talked a lot about Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I would suggest you go and listen to Two Teas in a, in a, two teas in a Pod. And, um, yeah, Two Teas in a Pod. Sorry. I, I keep wanting to say Two Teas in a Teapot, but it's two teas, two teas in a Pod. I would suggest going and listening to it because it was actually a good episode. It was under an hour. She does get a lot more into detail about a lot of this stuff, but I'll give you the highlights if you don't want to tune in. Here's the the recap. So Kyle says that Rinna protected Kathy by not revealing what Kathy actually said at the reunion. Kyle was like, oh my God, you know, Rinna told me some of the things, but she didn't tell me everything. And I'm glad that she didn't bring any of the stuff up on camera. And I'm glad that she didn't bring any of it up at the reunion. I guess Kyle was afraid that Rinna was going to bring some of it up at the reunion. So she was really excited and really happy or not excited, but she was at least relieved that those things didn't actually come out because she was afraid that it would actually make things a lot worse. But she does say that her relationships with the other women aren't entirely strong right now with the Fox Force 5. So Erica, Dari, Rinna, Kyle, we know the four of them. Teddy's technically the fifth one, but she's not on the show. But Kyle says that their relationships are all kind of strained at the moment. They're not exactly very strong. She seems to have been hanging out with Sutton a lot recently. She said that she actually likes Crystal when they're not filming, but she takes issue with the fact that Crystal likes to make these really big accusations when they're on camera and they can be really damaging to people's reputations. So I've had my issue with Crystal as well. I just feel like she doesn't. I don't know if it's like a conscious thing where like she thinks through these things or she just throws them out there and then doubles down on it to not look like an idiot and to not look like a liar. I don't really know which of the two it is, but it's just annoying at this point. What else did Kyle say? Um, Kyle said that she didn't like Erica's joke on Watch What Happens Live about Dorit and PK because that was just mean. And she's like, if it was so, if it was such a joke, then why wouldn't you say Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin are going to be the next to split up if it was all so funny? Cause she's like, now people are going to talk and now people are going to speculate. And now people are really going to think that Dorit and PK are going to be breaking up. 
though. She said that she was surprised when we get into the Aspen stuff. She said that she was actually very surprised that nobody else spoke up about how awful Kathy spoke to her at the club the night of her meltdown. She talks about how everybody saw Kyle getting yelled at and everybody saw Kathy getting in everybody's face. Sutton even said it in her confessional where she said, you know, Kathy screamed at me and said, you're coming home right now. And if not, you're not my friend. And I don't think it was about the conga line. I feel like there was a bit of the story about a conga line. And then there was the part about Kathy yelling at everybody at the club. And I feel like the audience just kind of merged the two and were like, oh, Kathy Hilton was freaking out because nobody wanted to do a conga line. But I don't think that's what she was actually. Well, now we know what, you know, she was talking to the DJ and she got upset and this is Kathy's revelation. This is what she revealed at the reunion last week, right? So Kyle says on Teddy's podcast, she's like, I was just surprised that like none of the other women like really talked about it or brought up what they remember, how they remember Kathy talking to me at the reunion. And apparently they spoke about it for quite a while. And the other women, for the most part, were kind of just quiet and letting Kathy and Rinna or Kathy and Erica kind of just let it all hash out. So I guess Kathy... Or sorry, I guess Kyle was a bit disappointed in the other women for not really jumping to her defense. It is interesting, though, because on the Bitch Sesh podcast, there was a Vanity Fair writer that came on the podcast this week and said that they, I guess, went to the Caribou Club and ended up talking to one of the employees there. And one of the employees said that they thought that Kathy Hilton was, that they see this happen a lot, right? That elderly people come, they don't realize how much the altitude is going to impact them and affect them. And they have a drink, maybe they're on some medication, and it just kind of messes with them. And they get real litty city. And they said that that's what it seemed like. Like Kathy was just kind of like, woo, she was really kind of letting loose. And again, that makes sense, right? Alcohol, altitude, possibly, you know, some medication that she was on. You know, I don't know, maybe some arthritis medication. Who knows? But it sounds like that could actually be the case, that that's probably why things kind of exacerbated. I do believe that she did call the DJ the homophobic slur. I do believe that she went a little cuckoo magoo in the car and at Kyle's back at the house. I believe that all of that did happen. I believe Lisa Renna probably exaggerated it to a degree. I think I said this last week on the show, that like maybe she wasn't pounding on the walls, but maybe she like hit a walk. She was like mad and angry or whatever. But like, listen, when you're in a drunken, you know, sort of fit and you have the altitude that's affecting you, like it would make sense that this would, that something like this would happen. We'd look at Kim's behavior. Kim was like, you know, Kim was the nightmare on Real Houses Beverly Hills. Loved watching her. I would have loved to have watched Kathy's meltdown on the show. I would have been rewinding it and replaying it the way I love to watch Rena versus Kim in Amsterdam. Great fucking scene. Would have loved to have watched it. But I mean, I, I don't think it's a bit of a stretch. Anyway, the Vanity Fair writer on Bitch Sesh said that they spoke to one of the employees there. And the employee said that um, that, that's that that's what it looked like happened to Kathy. That the altitude really affected her. And she was drinking and it just hit her a lot harder. Um, she was being a little kooky. She was being a little wacky. Um, they did say that they thought that Lisa Rinna was actually more rude than Kathy was at the club, this employee, because Kathy, or sorry, because Lisa Rinna refused to take her coat off, which it, I think was admitted somewhere, right? We did see that, like, Crystal, like, that was why Rinna was able to get Kathy out of the club 
more quickly than she would have with Crystal because Crystal had to go and get her coat from the coat check, whereas Rena already had her coat on. And I believe Rena posted something like on her Instagram stories too about how like the only other person that was allowed to keep their coat on at the Caribou Club was Mariah Carey. So the employee says that they were like displeased with Rena because she didn't want to take her coat off and said that Rena was, I guess, rude or something that there was like a scuffle with with Rena as well, or they just didn't like her behavior. I don't really know what, um, what the actual issue with Rena was other than they were, you know, they thought she was being a bit of a diva or this, this employee thought that Rena was being a diva according to the Vanity Fair writer that came into the club and happened to speak to this employee. Other than that, it doesn't look like we have anybody else from the club that's ever spoken out about any of this. But back to two T's in a pod. Kyle said that there's a lot more to her, I guess, dynamic and and issues with her sisters than people know about. And she would rather just kind of keep the peace. She wants to just kind of move forward. You know, she doesn't want to rehash these things. She doesn't want to give people the additional context. She even said in the interview, she's like, listen, if people have to hate me for being like, oh, I'm not sticking up for my sisters and they have to hate me for that. I would rather them hate me for that than me actually let people know the details. Because my impression listening to it is that there's some shit that Kyle has on her sisters and knows about her sisters that she doesn't want to out about her sisters because she wants to kind of just keep the peace and make sure everything just kind of stays nice. Make sure we keep it all cute and like not even make it a bigger deal because Kyle's like, if I really open up, then I could really, you know, people would see the real Kathy and the real Kim. And so, you know, she just says that if she really gets into their sister dynamic and really gets into their history, it would make things a lot worse than they already are. So it sounds like Kathy's behavior may not be all all that out of the ordinary. She says that she felt very mistreated and very upset by Kathy's behavior towards her at the Caribou Club. And so, you know, a lot of people are questioning Kyle. They're being like, well, why isn't Kyle defending Kathy? Why isn't she saying anything to Rena and to Erica for bringing and exposing this stuff? And Kyle in the interview says, well, like, why would I defend that? Why would I defend her behavior if she's, you know, behaving this way at the Caribou Club and she's yelling in my face and demanding that I leave with her and she's getting upset with me. She's yelling at the other women. She storms off, has a tantrum back at the house, is apparently saying these awful, terrible things about me. And Rinna did tell her a couple of the things, but she kind of was like, nope, I don't want to hear anymore. If I hear anymore, then I feel like it'll only get worse. And I would rather not hear anymore. Ignorance is bliss. La, 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 putting her fingers in her ears and like, I don't want to hear the rest of it. And so, I mean, if that, again, that's kind of been my theory with Kyle is I think she's the one that just likes to keep the peace, Right. She's the peacekeeper. She's the, let's sweep it under the rug. Let's pretend it's not that big of a deal. Let's just keep it moving. Let's try to keep it cute. And I think you have big personalities in Kim and Kathy that it makes sense why Kyle would just kind of want to retreat and be the more emotional one, right? Her emotion comes out in tears, whereas I think the other sisters comes out in their anger and the way that they lash out at people. I think Kim lashes out at people. Maybe Kathy, it's like, you know, she's a lot colder. She's a lot more stoic. She's a lot more reserved. She doesn't let people in. She's more of an ice queen, you know? So to me, it sounds like maybe this behavior isn't all out of the ordinary if Kyle wasn't necessarily shocked by it, nor is she trying to defend it. 
but she does make it clear that she did not make Kathy or Kim join the show because that's another thing that's going around online is like, why would Kyle put her sisters on the show if, you know, she knew that it wouldn't be good for their family dynamic? Kyle says that with Kim that she thought that it would actually be good for Kim to join the show initially. One, because she didn't want to join by herself and she thought that it would be fun. She said that she thought it would actually help Kim stay accountable. Um, she thought that it would be good because it would keep Kim working. It would keep her bills paid. So Mauricio wasn't having to pay all the damn bills. She didn't say that at the last part. I added that last part. Um, and she just said that like in season one, like they didn't know what to expect. She just she thought it would be fun. And if anything, it would be her and her sister against anybody else rather than I don't think she thought that her fighting with her sisters would be such a big part of the show. So and then when it came to Kathy joining as a friend like that all sounds fun, right? She's only a friend of she's not going to be full time. So it can't be like the whole Kim situation again. We can film a few cute scenes. We'll have the girls come over to Kathy's and see the Hilton money and have fun with that. And like it's not that deep at the end of the day, right? So but it's for me, when I was seeing people write these things, I'm like, Kyle didn't make, it's not Kyle's fault that Kathy and Kim, two grown women, chose to go on a television show. Like, they signed their contract. They agreed to be on the show. They agreed to be on the show with their sister, Kyle. So, it's just weird. The double standards are crazy to me. Um, but I don't think that, I don't think any of them, uh, Kim, Kyle, Kathy, I don't think either of them really thought that their dynamic was going to blow up on camera. Nobody could have predicted the drama. Nobody could have predicted any of the stuff. And it kind of just happened. And now they're living through it. And now they kind of have to go through it. I think Kathy was a bit naive, though, if she really didn't think that anything was going to come of it, knowing Kim and Kyle have had issues on the show for several years, then I think Kathy should have been a little more savvy to be like, mm, maybe I shouldn't join the show because that's a very good possibility that it could take us back to a bad place. Kyle says that she didn't think that this would take them back to a bad place because they've come so far and they're in such a better or they were in such a better place. But she says that there's clearly a double standard that Kathy ha or sorry, that Kyle has to defend her sisters when Kathy and Paris will they don't defend Kyle. Kim never really defended Kyle. I don't ever remember an instance where Kim had to defend. Well, I guess there may have been. There were, I guess, like when Lisa Vanderpump was called out for the magazines and putting the magazines in, in Brandy's suitcase when they went on their cast trip about Mauricio and the flirting with other women rumor. I guess that's when we see Kim jump in and she like yelled at Ken. And she's like, shut up. You're a, God, you're a stubborn old man. You're a goddamn stubborn old man. And so I guess there have been instances where Kim has defended Kyle. Not many, but I don't think Kyle's put herself in situations that would put Kim in that type of position. But it is interesting because it's like Kyle always has to defend them, right? Kyle always has to be the one to kind of take whatever they throw at her. And meanwhile, we have Kathy and Paris that are out here liking mean tweets about Kyle and liking all these mean comments on social media. And you have Paris liking posts that Kyle should get fired from the show. So I do find that kind of interesting. You don't really see any of Kyle's girls going out there and getting involved in the show drama and talking poorly about either of their aunts, Kim or Kathy. I know at the reunion, Kathy was like, well, Paris is just very protective of her daughter. But it's also like, don't you think your daughter's adding fuel to the fire? Like, wouldn't you want to tell Paris, like, hey, like, maybe don't engage because it's only going to make things worse. Unless you don't care about making things worse. Sounds like she probably doesn't care about making things worse. So... 
I think it's unfortunate. I am liking, or I guess I'm having more and more sympathy for Kyle just because it feels like she is the one that's often in the hot seat. So that was the gist of the interview. She goes into a lot more detail about a lot of other stuff and talks a lot more Beverly Hills throughout the episode. If you want to catch it, two T's in a pod, Teddy Mellencamp, Tamara Judge. Tamara wasn't on this episode. It was just Kyle and Teddy. So it was a, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Not that deep, right? Andy Cohen also talked about the, the reunion as well on Radio Andy. And he explained that Lisa Rinna's envelope of receipts were not used because they decided to cut it at the last, or not at the last minute, but they had so much content that it just didn't feel relevant to include them. And he said that the receipts were mostly about the Elton John fundraiser. So in her beef with Sutton and the tickets and the table and, you know, did they buy, did Sutton buy their seats there or not? Whatever the case may be, those were the receipts that Rena had. I don't think there was much about Kathy necessarily as much as there was about, you know, proving her case with Sutton. And apparently it all comes up. They talk about it. They hash it out. And he says that they beat every single topic to death that they filmed until like 1030 at night that day. And so it was a very, very, very long day. And so even though a lot of fans were complaining that some things weren't covered deep enough or we didn't get more discussion about certain issues, he was like, but you guys complain when we have a four part reunion because you feel like it's too long and you feel like it's too boring. So in this case, we give you a three-part reunion and now you guys are complaining that it's not enough. And I feel like in all three parts of that reunion, we covered quite a bit. We covered a lot. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have minded a four-part reunion just to cover some of those topics a little bit more and to get a little bit more of Kathy because I feel like we hardly got any of Kathy at the reunion. It was only in part three and it was only like for the second half of part three. So we didn't even get her for a full episode. I feel like Kathy was there longer in last year's reunion rather than this year, but whatever. Kyle said her piece. Andy said his piece. The Vanity Fair writer said their piece on Bitch Sash. So there you go. There's the recap. So it looks like there's a bit of some Vanderpump Rules beef. So Raquel, I guess, posted a photo wearing some Tom Tom merch. And Katie Maloney jumped in and she's like, oh, she's so thirsty. She's just, she was a fan of the show. And now I guess she's a fan of the Toms. Katie just seems bitter and angry. I want to know what went down with Raquel and with Schwartz and all of that stuff. Because something went down this season and Katie is not happy about it. And we know that she was disinvited from Brock and Sheena's wedding. And so I'm very curious as to what went down because here she is clapping back at Raquel and then Raquel clapped back and Raquel's like, yeah, I am a fan of the Toms. And Sheena was like, I'm a fan of the Toms too. So it appears we're being a little petty spaghetti. We're being a little messy on the Instagram. Katie says that Raquel was a fan of the show prior to joining the show. And I guess the impression that I was, that I took away from that is maybe she was dating James Kennedy to get on the show. And maybe that's why she put up with a lot of his bad behavior early on is because she wanted to get on the show. And now we know she made it on the show. And I think after last year, I was expecting her to leave the show. I thought the reunion was, it kind of like painted it up to be like, okay, now Raquel's going to fly off into the sunset and live her best life. And that does not appear to be the case. Um, And so I think Katie probably thinks that that was Raquel's way of staying on the show is by hooking up with Peter 
and Tom Schwartz and Garcelle's son that happens to work for Lisa. I mean, I guess when you put it that way, it does kind of make me think. I'm kind of like, hmm, hmm. You know, like you the, the wheels start to turn a bit, right? Because you're like, well, why would you date three people connected to the show? Your ex is James, who is on the show. Like, why would you choose three people that you're going to pursue that are connected to the restaurant, to the show, that would be connected to a storyline? I mean, Peter, Oliver, Schwartz is probably the biggest one, but I don't know. I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think Raquel is genuinely interested in Tom Schwartz or are you kind of seeing it from Katie's lens and being like, hmm, maybe, maybe that is the case. Maybe it is where she wants to stay on the show and she wants to be on the show. Maybe it's motivated by the relevance of being on the show. Curious what you guys think. Lala also... I don't know if she, I mean, I guess she wasn't in some like heavy, heavy news, but she was connected to Amber Childers, who's Randall Emmett's ex, who recently filed for a restraining order. We don't have a lot of details on it um, other than she filed for a restraining order. And yeah, that's about it. Lala posted and she's like, Amber's story is Amber's story to tell. I can't tell that story for her, but I support her. I can predict the two of them coming together and fighting Randall in court either for more money or for more custody with the kids, like primary custody, I would assume. You know, there have been accusations about Randall's drug use. There have been accusations. Now, I guess there's a restraining order. I initially took that, and this isn't confirmed. This is my own speculation. I was under the impression that maybe, like, there was a restraining order because maybe she was trying to allude to there being some sort of, like, physical abuse. I don't know if that's true. I'm not put, I'm not trying to say that that's true. That was just the impression I took away from that with. So... Who knows? Um, but it definitely seems like Amber and Lala are getting pretty close. And I definitely predict that they take Randall to the cleaners and show him the real, show him the door and be like, listen, honey, we're going to clean you out for how much you embarrassed us and we ain't going to have it. Okay, period, dot, end of story. I'm ready for Vanderpump Rules to come back. Give me a new season. I'm hoping it comes back like in December. Maybe January. I don't know. Um, I know Vanderpump used to come out in December prior and now, and then they started pushing, or I guess it used to be like November and then it became December and then they pushed out to January. So I'm hoping we kind of get back on track with like a, a winter Vanderpump. I know the Toms are back on Summer House, not Summer House, Winter House. They make their cameo on Winter House. I haven't seen the episode yet. I'm not all that jazzed by Winter House, to be honest with you. I watched the first like episode and part of the second episode. Austin's in the mix now. We have the Toms in the mix. So, I don't know. I've really been loving Real Girlfriends in Paris. If you have not watched Real Girlfriends in Paris, it's actually really good. It's better as a binge than it is kind of like a weekly whatever. But like, who was the one? Oh my God. Vic, Victoria. She like, great scene this week. Because like one of her storylines is that she's like coming out to her mom or to her parents as being, I guess she's bi. And so there's this woman that she's been talking to and she's going to invite this woman to come stay with her, which is also really weird because I don't think they've really met men. I think they've only met online, but yet they're technically like dating, which is like such a lesbian thing to do. Um, To be like, we're committed. Let's get it. Whereas like, you know, a with gay guys, you'll like talk to a guy for six months and fall in love. And then when it's actually time to meet up, like he 
he'll just ghost you and be like, oh, sorry, got busy. I was sick until I get horny again. So anyway, Victoria finally comes out to her mother in this most recent episode. She finally comes out to her mother and she's like, so I want you to know, I think I'm into both teams. And, you know, it's not about the the want. It's not about the label. It's about, it's about all. What does David Rose say? His comparison about the wines. I'm not into red wine and I'm not into white wine. I'm not. I'm into all wine or something like that. I was trying to make it up and I totally fucked that up. But anyway, it was really funny because Victoria finally comes out to her mom and she's like, listen, I'm also into girls and there's a girl and she's coming over here. Not right now, but like she's coming over here eventually and I'm going to see her. And like, I think that this could really go somewhere. And the mom's like, oh, I mean, as long as you're happy, like as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. And that was very sweet and endearing. And then the mom follows follows it up with, well, you know, with my ex, he really wanted me to have like a threesome with a woman. And I didn't know if I wanted to do it. And and we did it and we did it a few times. So like, you know, it's okay. (laughs) It was like the mom's way of telling her daughter, it's okay that you're gay or bi. It's okay that you like women because one time or two times I hooked up with a woman, but I didn't really want to and I wasn't really into it, but I did it. So it happens. And Victoria's like, I don't think this is information I need to know about my mother having a threesome. So I thought that that was funny. I think it's a good show. It's because most people are like, oh my God, Housewives is so dark. It's so deep. Even Winter House is a lot, right? Because they're getting sloshed and there's high drama and it's craziness. And I just feel like real girlfriends in Paris, like there's story to it. There's like um, camaraderie to it. There's like the sisterhood and the bond of like them all being in Paris together. It's not about Parisian girls. It's about American girls that are living in Paris. I guess that's why it's called real girlfriends in Paris and not real girlfriends of Paris. So it's good. It's cute. It's lighthearted. It's fun. Is it going to be around for 10 seasons? Probably not. Maybe it'll be around for another season or two. I don't envision it going like four seasons. I just don't see it lasting that long. But it's cute and it's fun and it's a good watch, like especially like in the fall. Like it, It's very Gilmore Girls. So if you like like that vibe, I think you'll actually enjoy it because I've been enjoying it. There's a little bit of drama. There's a little bit of shade. There's a little bit of all of that. But for the most part, it's just, it's fun. I would recommend it. I don't know why people are sleeping on it. I don't know why the, ra- the ratings are so terrible because it's actually quite enjoyable. Potomac, great. Love Potomac. I'll recap Potomac on Thursday's episode because I know we go live and I recap all the housewife shows or the Bravo shows on Thursday nights. So I'll save that for our Thursday night live. What else? What else? What else? I guess that's it, right? I didn't watch anything new. Fortune Feimster, her new Netflix special was great. I just listened to her on Jess Rothschild's podcast, Hot Takes and Deep Dives. Great. Love Fortune. Fortune's hilarious. If you want something fun and like, you know, a good, strong LOL, I would recommend Fortune Feimster's new Netflix special. I thought it was hilarious. I didn't finish Dahmer. I know I was like, we'll do Dahmer and we'll... I'll give a recap of it. I did not finish Dahmer. I watched the first two episodes and then I like never wanted to go back. I was just like, mm, like I'm good. Saw it. I know the story, so I don't need to get any more of the story. I've also heard like the other parts of it about, you know, the system and how the system, you know, allowed him to get away with it because he was a white man and all of that stuff. And I don't even want to get into that because like that's also heavy, like just knowing the murders and then knowing how he got away with it. And just like, ugh, I know the story. And it's just I 
not going to finish Dahmer. Sorry, guys. I did watch Blonde. Blonde was good. Um, but if there are any other things that you're watching, Netflix, uh, what what was the shit? What was the, the show? Love is Blind. Trash. I heard season three is not that great. I just did. So every like other Friday, usually like once or twice a month, Andy Lawani, who's on this show, and Evan Real, who's been on this show, the three of us will go on Twitter spaces and we'll go live and we'll talk about these things. So we talked about the Beverly Hills reunion. We talked about the Giselle and Tom Brady divorce. Oh my God, that was wild. Um, and just crazy. But anyway, Andy, Evan, and myself go on Twitter spaces and we recap some of these things live off of YouTube. So it's not filmed. It's only audio, but it's audio and it's live. And we take callers. And so people, you know, call in, they chat with us and they do all that sort of stuff. So stay posted. I'll let you know ahead of time when we do those. They're usually on Fridays. So, or we might be switching days. I think we might be switching to Thursdays because Fridays are a bit challenging for people to join a live. But Anyway, just stay posted for when those come back. But if you are on Twitter and you enjoy them, I think they're fun. I enjoy them. I think they're a good time. Um, I just love the interaction piece of it because I know on YouTube we have like live chat and comments and stuff. But I like the ability to have people like call in and join in that way. I think that that's kind of fun. So stay tuned for more of those. But yeah, what did we talk about? We talked about Love is Blind, season three. Not very good. Um, I have not heard great things about it. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't judge it myself. But I just heard that season three doesn't really live up to the last two seasons. There's just too much going on in season three, which is usually how I feel like it happens in Netflix reality shows. Season one is great. Season two is usually hit or miss. And then by season three, it's just like crash and burn. So... All right. I think that's all I have for you guys today. There are any other shows that you want me to recap or cover or chat about or whatever the case may be, let me know. Curious to know if you're excited for the return of Vicky Gumbelson. Curious what shows you're watching. If you are watching Real Girlfriends in Paris, let me know because I started bringing it up in our Facebook group and people in the Facebook group love Real Girlfriends in Paris. And I'm very happy about that because I actually enjoy it and it's nice to have people to talk about it with. So there you go. You can join the private Facebook group. Link is in the description below. You can stock up on No Filter Wine at nofilterwine.com. It's a Housewives-inspired wine. I do plan on launching a holiday collection that will be coming out, which means all four of these cans are going to be expiring soon. And by soon, I mean this month, as in November, because I want to make sure you have the holiday collection in time for Thanksgiving and in time for Christmas and Hanukkah. And that way you can give them as gifts to friends and stuff. So... Stay tuned, but stock up on these cans right now. We have Cut Down My Drinking or What? I'm Gone With The Wine. Fabulous. I'm Not Going Out Tonight. I'm Disengaging. And then uh, Don't Play With Me, Your Husband's In The Pool. Inspired by Beverly Hills, Atlanta, New Jersey, and Salt Lake City. They will be expiring this month, so I suggest you stock up on them soon. All right, guys. Love you. Mean it. Ciao for now. Follow me at Just Plain Zach. Follow the podcast at No Filter With Zach. Be sure to stay tuned. New episodes Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We go live on YouTube Tuesdays and Thursdays. We have book club on Tuesdays and just our regular tea spilling sessions on Thursday nights. Book club on Tuesdays. Tea session Thursdays. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you, baby. Bye.